you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. series called God First, and we've been kind of challenging ourselves in certain areas to put God first, you know, and so we've said, you know, in our priorities was our first week, you know, sometimes we get stuck in the rut of just doing what's next that we don't always do what's best, and so we we challenged ourselves to make a commitment to spend at least 15 minutes a day with God. Uh, You can spend longer, but say, hey, at least 15 minutes, that gives you a couple, uh, you know, time to read a couple chapters of Scripture, gives you a few moments to pray. So, have you been doing with it? Yeah? Okay, Reuben's been good. All right, wasn't looking for an out. That was kind of rhetorical, but glad you're doing well, Reuben. Um, You know, some of you may be kind of like Reuben. You're like, great, doing great. Some of you, uh, it's been up, down, you know, missed some days. Okay. You know, last week we talked about Bible reading. And, you know, said, hey, it's important to put Bible in your life. When I get the Bible in my mind and I'm reading it, I'm thinking about it, I put it in my heart, I start obeying it, start doing what God calls me to do. My, my speech starts changing, my thoughts change, my action changes. You know, I've been kind of lining up to the way God wants me to live. And same way, if I say, hey, how are you doing? You might be thinking, home run, read the Bible every day last week, or, you know, missed a few days, or, yeah, I just totally forgot. Yeah. Here's our challenge. Jesus says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's, that's the first and greatest commandment Jesus says in all the Bible. You love God first with everything. But when we hear that and we hear those words, we're all thinking, Man, easier said than done, Jesus. Yeah. I've got kids to take to ball games, dance recitals, band practice. You know, I've got work. I've got yard work to do at home. We've got all these things going on. It is hard to do that, isn't it? Let's just admit, it's hard to put God first. But that's what Christ calls us to do, to put Him first. So we've looked at priorities. We've looked at the Bible. Uh, This morning, we're going to look at our finances and how God says, put me first in giving. Don't don't give me what's left, but put me first. First, and I know the Boyles class life group this morning, you guys talked about fasting, and so bless you guys. We've told you not to eat, and now we're telling you to give, you know. So for the Boyles life group, I'm sorry, you get a double whammy this morning. You know, the two things Baptists don't ever want to talk about. Don't tell me I can't eat food, and now you're telling me to give more money, right? You know, but what's funny to me is in churches, we get uncomfortable sometimes when we talk about money, you know, and that's weird to me. Yeah, because as a family, you have these conversations, maybe like Mike and, and Robin, you know, how are we going to afford this? How are we going to budget? Yeah. And so as a, as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can have these conversations too, just like you have in your nuclear family. As a spiritual family, we can, we can talk about finances at times. So, so no need to slip me an anonymous note this morning on your bulletin sheet like some of you do sometimes. I'm going to just hit this and, and uh, you know, it, it's okay. You don't have to write it down for me. Uh, no anonymous notes today. We're going to uh, talk about giving. It's going to be okay. If you read a lot of what Jesus talks about, you know, Jesus talks about two things primarily. You know, the top two things Jesus talks about? Salvation and giving. 25% of Jesus' teaching is on giving. 
You know, this is my 95th sermon that I've preached here at Heights. I just counted it up the other day, 95 times. I wanted to see how many times I've preached a sermon on giving. Out of 95, you know how many times? This is number two, all right? So let's just dive into it. I'm going to pray, then we're going to open up Proverbs 3, and we're going to let God's Word challenge us in the area of putting Him first this morning in our giving. Father, thank you that we get to sing how great you are. Uh, Father, thank you that we have an invitation to your altar any time because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Uh, Lord, we can come to you in any moment with any problem. Uh, Father, I thank you that uh, when we struggle to love you, um, Lord, you don't struggle to love us. And Father, when we kind of move you down our priority list or we say we're too busy to do this or too busy to spend time with you, you're, you're never too busy for us. And, and so, Lord, I, I pray this morning um, that we all learn to continue to be faithful to you. Uh, Lord, I, I love these folks that are out there this morning. I know you love them. And so, Father, as we just open your word today, I, I pray you open our hearts, you open our minds, you, you, you lead us to make adjustments in our lives where, where you're not first, uh, Father, because you're a God who's worthy to be first in all things. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's open up to Proverbs chapter 3 this morning. And so if you've got a uh, maybe cell phone and a Bible app there, you can, you can click that. Or if you've got a paper Bible, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs 3, uh, Solomon is the author of Proverbs 3. And in verses 1 through 12, Solomon is kind of encouraging different ways of putting God first in your everyday life. And uh, when you find chapter 3, you can pick up in verse 5 with me when he says, here's what I want you to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. All right, so he says there, trust in God. Give a full commitment to God. Don't lean on your own understanding. All right, so what you think is right and wrong, uh, submit that to the Word of God and see if that is what God's word it says is right and wrong. And if, if it differs, then change your understanding to God's word and to God's understanding. So don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. All right, notice verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him. Okay, so, so in everything I do, in all patterns of life, I'm acknowledging God, I'm putting him first, I'm submitting to him. All right, number verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. So what he's saying there is, is worship God first. You know, turn away from what's bad, worship what's good, uphold that. And then I want you to notice some promises, okay? Because when we honor God, when we turn away from evil, we worship him, we're trusting in him, we're not leaning on our own understanding, we're leaning on his. Notice some promises found. Verse 6 says, he's going to make your paths straight. All right, so when I'm trusting in the Lord, I'm not leaning on my own understanding. Verse 6 says, when I acknowledge him, he's going to make my path straight. Notice what it says in verse 8 he'll do. He'll bring healing to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. How many of us this morning might say, man, I need some spiritual revival in my life. I just need to be revived. I need to be awakened spiritually. And right, he says, listen, when you do that, you trust me, you're not leaning on your understanding, you're acknowledging me, you're worshiping me, these are things I'm going to do. Then notice verse 10, he says, your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. 
And so you kind of see in Proverbs some things where we say, all right, if, if we're going to obey God, God says, all right, here's, here's some things I'm going to bless you with. But I want you to notice verse 9. This is where we're going to center in this morning. We think about putting God first in our finances and our giving. Notice he says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. He says in the beginning of verse 9 there, to honor the Lord. To honor the Lord means to worship the Lord, right? to think about God, to meditate on, on God's word, you know, to put him first. Right? So I'm going to honor God, I'm going to think about God, I'm going to worship God. You know, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Every vehicle, uh, car, truck, would have this. Some of you know where it is in your vehicle. Some of you may not know where it is in your vehicle. It's a spare tire. And you know what's funny about a spare tire, why i got to think about a spare tire? Is we don't think about the spare tire until we need the tire. Yeah? You don't really think about your spare tire until one your tire's flat and you need to replace it with the spare. Or maybe you get a low-pressure tire warning and you think, well, man, all my four tires are good. What's, what's flat? Oh, it's the spare. And how many of us today, if you had a flat tire on the side of the road, you'd have to get into your trunk and just pull things all out of your trunk, Right? And on the side of the road, you've got a mound of stuff until you can ever get to that spare tire. I think we treat God like that all the time. He's our spare tire until we need him. We go on about with life, and we're doing life, and we're doing life, and we're doing life, and oh, I need God. All right, where is he? Oh, there's my spare. I'll use him for a little bit, and then I'll put him back in the trunk when I don't need him again. The author of Proverbs is saying, no, we honor the Lord. We worship God. We're we're seeking to put him first. Now, how does he say in verse 9 to put him first? He says in verse 9 this way, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. The first fruits is essentially this. It was the first fruit of the harvest uh, that the farmers would harvest and bring as an offering. Okay, so if you think of it's the first fruit of the, the wheat harvest, you know, the grain harvest, whatever uh, produce they were growing or, or fruit off the tree, uh, their offering was to take that first fruit of that harvest and take it as an offering. Because you got to remember, this is an agrarian society, it's a farming society, and so in the Old Testament law, they said, here, you're supposed to bring your first fruit to God as a way to honor God. What you harvest, what God has given you to harvest, You bring the first portion to him as a way to honor him, as a way to bring your offering. Now, you might be thinking, all right, well, hey, I don't grow anything for a living, so off the hook, right? First fruits, I'm done. You know, I work on a computer all day long. Well, what would be the equivalent of first fruits today? Paycheck, right? Whatever income you have, that would be our first fruits. And so we see, all right, that concept still exists. It was in the law. If you read Deuteronomy 26, you're going to see this. But I think it carries over into the New Testament because Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 16, kind of bring on the first day of the week on a Sunday your offering. Again, it's going to match up with what we've been saying all through this series, that God wants first place in our lives. He doesn't like second. He's not going to settle for third or any other spot. So in, in every way, we're to bring to God first. So we bring our first first fruits to him we bring our offering to him first not what's left but what comes first now here's a good question where do we bring it 
you know, in Deuteronomy 26, it's, it's to the priest. And so let me show you another passage of where to bring it. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Now, if you've got a paper Bible, easiest way to find Malachi is Malachi is all the way at the end of the Old Testament. So if you're kind of flipping and you hit Matthew, Mark, or Luke, uh, just hang a left by a couple of books, and then you're going to run right into Malachi. If you've got a Bible app, it's going to be a whole lot easier to find Malachi. You can just click the, the app. It was weird uh, while, you're, while I still hear some pages wrestling. You know, when I started preaching almost 15 years ago, I told our congregation, I love to hear the pages wrestle, you know, and, and turn, uh, because that means you got your Bible, right? Now I, I see the glow on people's faces. <laughs> like, I never would have thought we would have been like, click your app over to Malachi 3. But however you got God's word this morning, I'm going to celebrate that. So I hear wrestling, and I see glows, and I'm, I'm good. Malachi 3, pick up in verse 8 with me. God says, will man rob God, but yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? You send your tithes and your contributions. See, see, God's bringing them an accusation. You're robbing me. Now, they ask a question. Listen, if you want to ask questions of God, that's fine. But you need to understand you might not like the answer, okay? And he doesn't have to give you the answer you want. I mean, you, you ask him questions all day long. But number one, he's not obligated to answer. And number two, if he answers, you may not like it. So he's like, hey, you guys are robbing me. Now, listen, he's not in this context talking to the pagans. He's not talking to people who never go to a church. He's saying, hey, Israelites who pray, you're robbing me. Hey, Israelites who, who come to the temple, you're robbing me. Hey, Israelites who work in the nursery and, you know, sing on the praise team and, you know, volunteer for everything you can volunteer for, you're robbing me. See, he's talking to the people who are worshiping him. That's what the whole book of Malachi is. Look, you're robbing me. And they're like, well, how are we robbing you, God? You've got everything. He says, what do you say? In your tithes and your contributions. Because you're not giving to me first. You're giving to me what's left. You're robbing me on that. You're supposed to bring what's first. And you're not. But notice where they're bringing it. Drop down to verse 10. I love this part. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Now when he says bring the full tithe in. It's going to mean one or two things. Uh, number one, they're, they're not bringing in everything they're supposed to bring in. See, it's supposed to be a tenth of all the first fruits. All right? So if you've got fruit off the tree you're growing or fruit on the ground, uh, your animals, whatever it would be. Uh, so you, your, your tithe would have been more than 10%. But tithe means 10%. All right? So he's saying, look, bring the full tithe in. So either, either one, it was playing out, they weren't bringing in everything they were supposed to bring. Or two, it was playing out, they weren't bringing in anything. So he says, hey, bring that full tithe in, and notice, bring it into the storehouse. Now, the storehouse in the temple was literally rooms that they would store grain in. They would store the fruit in. They would put all those things in that people would bring in. Why? Well, it wasn't bringing this to the storehouse so God can eat. It was bring all this in the storehouse so others can eat. Right? Because from the storehouse, that's the place of distribution for ministry. And so you think about it today, where ought your tithe come to first? It ought to come to your local church. 
You know, now, now it's okay to support other missionaries and church planners and other nonprofits. Sandra and I do that, and we're, we're blessed to be able to help other people out. But look, who gets my tithe? My tithe comes here. Yeah. And that whatever we support, that's over and above the tithe. That's not part of the tithe. Right? So if you do that, that's great. Look, I challenge you to put that over and above. But your tithe comes here. We're the New Testament storehouse of the Old Testament temple. Because from here, ministry happens. From here, when you give, we're as a church able to do things for other people. And and let me give you, and just kind of stay with this, some of you math people will probably like this a little bit, uh, but let me show you some things that we're able to do when you give. And I I think this is pretty neat when I, I got to thinking about it. You know, we're a part of a Southern Baptist convention. We're a Southern Baptist church. And so what we do as a church is we say that we want to set aside 10% of all our undesignated offerings to go to the Southern Baptist convention. All right, so what an undesignated offering is, is, is if you just give an offering, you don't designate it to a, a certain ministry. Okay, so that's undesignated offering. So 10% of all our undesignated offerings, immediately leave this place and go to the Southern Baptist Convention. All right, so if you give a dollar this morning, a dime's walking out the door to go to the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, what that means is from the SBC, we support various different organizations. All right, so you support international missionaries. We have international missionaries in 104 countries in our world. So you literally right now are supporting over 5,000 missionaries that are around our world sharing the gospel. You support North American Mission Board. That's going to help with church planting. That's going to help with church revitalization uh, and various other things the North American Mission Board does. Have you guys heard about a hurricane out in in the Atlantic that we need to pray for? Okay. All right. Guess what? The third largest mission or third largest disaster relief organization in our world today is what? Southern Baptist Convention. We essentially are right behind the Red Cross and Salvation Army. Guess what? If that makes landfall and it affects anywhere in the United States, such the eastern seaboard, Southern Baptists are going to be right there helping with disaster relief. You heard about Odessa and Midland last night, right? Another tragic shooting. There are Southern Baptist chaplains on the scene right now helping out in that community and in those local churches all around there. Why? Because Southern Baptists give. You give. And we're able to help support things like that. We support two state conventions. Uh, we support a local association of churches. Uh, also, you're giving, which I, I'm going to say personally thank you to this, and Matt can, and Jonathan can, and Cindy can. When you give, uh, we have six Southern Baptist seminaries. All right, part of that giving funnels down to those seminaries. And so we can get a theological education for a discount. Thank you. <laughs> When I was married with Sandra and we were both in seminary, we loved that discount. Thank you for giving, right? That helps train up tomorrow's leaders. So what I want you to see is that 10% we're able to send up to our convention because you give goes literally around the world. And so since January, so from January through the end of July, okay, because we don't have all of August numbers in, But January through July, we as a church have been able to send $68,008.02 to the Southern Baptist Convention to literally go around the world. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Let me share a couple other things with you. 
you think locally what we're able to do. Okay, so, so the, the stat I'm about to give you is what we as a church, since you give, we can now invest within our community, we can spend within our community. So things like vacation Bible school, camps, upward programs, youth programs, all our outreaches that go within our communities. You think of all the things we fund out of love and lead to be able to get the gospel out so all people can have a new life with Christ. We so far have been able to steward that money out, send the gospel out. We've been able to do $19,393 so far this year, which totals up to almost $87,000 total in mission work since January because you guys give. That's awesome to me. And if you think about that, all right, what's that equating to? That means every week we almost have new visitors every week within our church. I think I could count on one hand how many Sundays so far this year we've not had a new family visit with us. Last week we had nine new families here. We had nine. That's because you guys are giving. You're giving. You're making ministry happen. Right? We've seen our worship attendance continue to grow uh, from this year to last year. We're ahead of average of last year at this point, so we're continuing to grow. You guys are giving. You're making it happen. But here's the most exciting part of all that. Since January, we've been able to baptize 14 new believers in Jesus Christ already this year. Amen? And so what I want you to see is this. When you bring your tithe here, We're able to take that, and as a church, and this is all of us, we're able to get the gospel out, not only just here in Alvin, but literally around the world, and you're touching lives right from where you sit because you give. Thank you for that. And so you think about, all right, God says put me first, and I'm going to trust him with that. And sometimes that's hard because we get into this scenario, don't we, where we're like, oh, I don't know where the money's going to come from. I've got my basket of apples, but, you know, that, that, that's the easiast one to maybe eat, right? And so I'll, I'll take it out of that instead of, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to trust you to pay the bill out of the red one. I'm going to leave the green one intact. Oh, uh, you know, something else happened. I'm going to trust you this way, God. I'm not going to touch the green one because the green one comes first, all right? So, God, I'm going to trust you with that. I don't know, God, if you're going to be able to take care of me because I just gave you two red ones instead of eating out of a green one, right? God, will you do something for me? God, would you help me if I stay obedient? Look what Malachi 3.10 says. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. You know, that's the only time in the Bible God says, test me. Where he says, stay faithful and watch what I'll do. Stay faithful and I'll help you out. Go back to Proverbs 3.10. In Proverbs chapter 3, what did he say? He said, honor the Lord. Verse 9, with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. All right? And so he says, all right, you take your bank account. I'm going to honor you, God. I'm not going to touch the green one. All right? I'm going to figure this out, Lord. You'll help me. I know, I know you'll stay faithful. I, I'm going to keep the green one intact. And I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to give to you. The green apple comes first. Right? That's my tithe. I'm going to turn that around since Mike ate half of it. You want to finish that off later, Mike? I don't know if you did. I know you practiced and he asked me last night, why could you not have come up with Swiss cake rolls as that illustration? And I thought, well, that's, next time we'll do that, Mike. Notice what he says in verse 10. You honor me, 
Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You know, wine in the Old Testament in this context is a semblance of, of abundance. And essentially it's this. God's saying, you trust me, and you do what I'm calling you to do. I'm going to take care of you. Now that means he's going to give you what you need, not everything what you want. All right? They're going to make sure we draw that line. He's going to give you what you need, but not what you want. Also, let me dance around this really easily for you. This is not prosperity gospel here. All right? Sometimes we get in that trap. All right, God, I perform, you perform. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying stay faithful and God will take care of you. So don't think, all right, I'm going to set the green side apple aside here and I'm going to give to God first and all of a sudden I'm going to have 20 more red apples. No, that's not what that means. He means this, he's going to take care of you. I love this verse out of Matthew 6, 33. It's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I think in in our God First series, I've said it every week. You haven't memorized it yet, memorize it because it talks about putting God first. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And what he's saying right there is you seek God first. You seek doing what's right first. And all these things are going to be added unto you. In the context of that chapter, Jesus has been teaching on don't be anxious. Don't be worried about what you're going to wear, clothes you're going to have, food you're going to have. And he gives illustrations where he says, if you look out at the birds, and I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but just when you're driving or maybe out of your office window, if you're kind of getting anxious or feeling worried some days, uh, do this. I, I'm serious. Do this. I'm not making a joke of this. I have pulled my car over before on the side of the road, and I'll just stand watching birds. So if you pass me on the side of the road, you're just thinking, all right, got to pray for Lee. He's worried again, okay? So he's staring off in the field. I don't know if I should call Sandra or just let him keep staring. But he says this. He says, God takes care of the birds of the air. And if he takes care of the birds of the air, how much more valuable are you than the birds? You're made in his image. He sent your son Jesus to die for you. He says, look out at the grass of the fields, how he, how he clothes the grass of the field. If he does that for grass, how much more special are you in God's eyes than the grass? So what he's saying out of Proverbs 3.10, what he's saying out of Malachi 3.10, what he's saying out of Matthew 6.33 is seek God first. Put him first in your finances. Put him first in your giving. And watch what God's going to do. He will take care of you. When you say, you know what, we're not touching the green apple, we'll, we'll figure out how to pay for it out of one of the other nine red apples God has given us. And so let me encourage you with this as we close. If you are a faithful, regular giver in our church, thank you. I, I mean, honestly, thank you. I really do appreciate that. And I know others appreciate that. Your money, again, is going to literally work around the world. If you don't give regularly, let me challenge you. Start. Okay, start. If it's kind of hit or miss and you're not giving regularly, start. Make that a commitment. You know what? First of the month, if I'm a one-time giver, I'm going to give first of the month or, or twice a month, however you need to work it out in your budget. But get regular. And there's ways. We've got resources for you on that. You can take out your God First uh, handout there. There is a great book called The 30-Day Money Challenge by Art Rayner. That's going to help you kind of challenge you on how to get out of debt, how to budget, how to set money aside. I've read it. I highly recommend it to you. Those of you that know Dave Ramsey, uh, he follows a lot of the same Dave Ramsey principles. So if you need help with that, come let us know. We'll, we'll help you with that. We can connect you with people who can help you in that. So if you're not regular, I'm going to 
encourage you to get regular on, on giving. If you don't give, I'm going to encourage you to start. I encourage you to start. Because here's why, I'm, here's why I put this message really right here in this series. Because one day, you're going to stand before God as a believer in Jesus Christ. And one day, as a believer in Jesus Christ, he's going to judge you based on your faithfulness. And, and he's going to say, look, now, now your salvation is secure in Christ. That's not a judgment of salvation. But he's going to say, look, were you faithful with what I gave you? As your pastor, my job is to help you get ready for that meeting. And I'm going to encourage you in so many ways in your life to just be a faithful Christian. And so that's the heart of why I've, I preach this message in God first. Because I know for a lot of us, when you talk about finances, it gets hairy. We don't always put them first. But let me say this, and, and I don't want to ever end the message without this part. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then that time you stand before the Lord, that is a judgment of salvation. And so before you need to do anything else, before you need to write a check or any of that, you need to give your life to Christ, and you need to get your life right. Okay? You need to come to Jesus and say, Today, Jesus, I'm ready to give you my life. Have my sins forgiven. Because here's the good news. When we go up and down through the week, and sometimes we don't love God the way we ought to, and we don't read His Word, and we don't give the way we're supposed to, and we don't do all those things the way we're supposed to, guess the good news of this is? God still loves you. And God always loves you first. 1 John four nineteen. We love because He first loved us. You ever thought about that? Before you ever had a thought of God, God loved you. Before have you ever loved Him, He loved you. How did he love you? Romans 5, 8. He demonstrated his own love. He showed it to you that while you were still a sinner, Christ Jesus died for you. And so this morning, let's work this week at putting him first because he's a God who loved us first. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org give.